Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site, and I'll be your host for this episode. And I am joined this week, flying solo, my ride-or-die podcast host, but usually if he has something cool to do, he will ride away into the sunset, uh, much like he did this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Al Manorino, you're back from a a brewery excursion across New England. How you doing, man? Oh man, I'm I'm rested. I'm super filled with beer in this house, and then most importantly, surprised that a seven hour drive like there and back. So it was like fourteen hours. Uh, not that bad. I actually don't mind a long drive. It's not terrible, man. Like, because it depends on where, like, what road you're taking. If you don't have to make a million turns, it's actually kind of like, yeah, throw on some music, throw on a podcast. Two, we, I made a 200 song playlist for, uh, I think it was 12 hours of music. It's just all Phoenix. There was a few Phoenix songs. <laughs> but I also had to, Maybe uh, if you're new to the podcast, most of Al's musical recommendations have just been Phoenix. I, I mean, <laughs> Phoenix is variety. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Um, but what, so you were you did a beer t- a brewery tour of a couple states. What was the what was your best uh, what was your best one you had? Now let oh, us know man. which ones you went to. Trust me, we'll get into the podcast in a minute. This is important for our beer drinking fans out there. Uh, yeah. So we uh, the main the main reason we were going was because we wanted to go to Boston for a day, a bit you know a full day, and then go to Maine, Portland, Maine, which we've never gone to. Me and my wife. I heard it's really nice. I've never been there either. Great. Amazing. But I will always, I'm a huge fan of Boston. Like as someone who's like, was trained, water. trained at birth to hate the city of Boston because of being like a, a lifelong Yankee fan. Same. It's actually one of my favorite places in the country. Same. It's, it's a clean, like not violent part of New York. Like, or I'm sorry, it's a, it's a cleaner version of New York. Um, I think I, I, I feel you didn't, go the, you didn't go to the South. Well, that's the thing. I feel safe, like in the city of Boston, like when you're actually like, when you go like, Oh, I'm going to go like to downtown Boston or whatever. Like it is so peaceful and calm. And like, a ver- it's like, again, a clean, less chaotic version of New York it makes no sense on paper, but it does. And then, yeah, if you go like anywhere outside the city, you're just like, you gotta die. It's, it's the departed. You'll die um, by the habit. You gotta go. Uh, you gotta go to the back bay. I remember I ate at a bar called uh, Gatsby's or something like that. It was, uh, or it was named after the woman in the Great Gatsby. And they literally had. It was years after the Great Gatsby came out. They still had the Leo cut out in the window, and it was like this little dive bar. <laughs> my wife swears by their chatter. We're chatter. Yeah. Uh, but what was what was so? What were some of the breweries you're hitting? The best yeah, yeah. you got. Yeah, so we went to in Boston. We went to Trillium, which is Sam Adams. Not Sam Adams. Trillium is becoming like the dogfish head of Boston in the sense Ooh. that it's like it's like the the definitive Boston brewery that's not any of the big Boston breweries like your right. Sam Adams. Um, it's great. They opened up a, a brew pub. It's like this two story like historic like looking building this beautiful outdoor area you probably saw a picture i posted um yeah it was real food food was banging like to the to the point where we actually ate lunch there at like a normal lunch time drove like hung out in boston all day drove to maine 
went to a brew pub, another one, Sibago, uh, not a not a huge, there's so many in Portland, Maine, it's insane breweries. We couldn't do it in two days, let alone like a week if we had it. Uh, so many breweries. Um, we get there and we were still full from Trillium. Like that's how good the food was. It's, it's wild, like, and yeah, we'll divert into a little bit of, of brew pub talk. Like brew pubs were huge in the early 2000s. But now it's just like you're seeing with these these breweries, like we have alternate mm-hmm. ending in New Jersey, in, right not far from where I live in Matawan, New Jersey, which was an old movie theater that if you walked in there, you would not know it's a brewery because the, the stuff's behind glass, behind the bar. And you see this menu and you're like, this menu looks stellar. It's like designer pizzas and, and all mm-hmm. sorts of good food. Um, David Burke, celebrity chef, just took over the the kitchen at Beach House Brewery in Belmar. Like that guy was on Top Chef. <laughs> like you know, I mean, like it's like this has become a real thing. Al- Allagash was a, was a highlight for me. That's actually the reason why uh, part of the reason my wife planned the whole thing was for my birthday. Uh, I turned thirty back in February, and this is like my thirtieth birthday kind of gift was this whole uh, this trip and kind of surrounded by the fact that she knew I loved Allagash but never went to Portland, Maine to actually go to the brewery, which is great. We walked in without a reservation. They're like, normally you have 90 minutes. You have 60 uh, because of the whole, you know, COVID and outdoor seating and all that stuff. So they didn't have like a ton of room. It was a beautiful brewery. And the cool thing about it, it's like uh, there's like three or four breweries on the same block, which is just bananas. So you can kind of do like a, a brewery crawl right there. Same block? Same block. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, which is nuts. Um so Allagash, like, if, you know, to speed things up here, Allagash was my favorite because I not only got to try all these sours that I never had before, stuff that's only available there, but they had a food truck there that we had a um, lobster roll. Um, uh, from Maine, uh, of all from Maine. Yeah. I was about to order us a lobster roll to split knowing that again, we were going to probably do the same thing later anyway. And we ended up getting this, like, um, you know how, when you go to a brewery, um, you can like taste all the different ones and you can sure. get like a, a flight, a, a flight. We got a lobster roll flight and it was three different style. Lobster I can't rolls. even eat that stuff. Cause I will literally die, but like yeah. it's allergic shellfish, but I envy you because every time I see a lobster roll, I'm like, I'll take death. <laughs> this looks good. They're so good. So that oh, was great. It does sound good. I, if I ever grow up, my wife would love that. So, Oh, yeah. But the reason we're here is not to talk about beer, although we could probably do a whole beer episode one day, even though I don't drink it anymore. If we didn't include Lucas there, I think he would quit Quit oh, pop break. I, I think he would do it. I think we'd have to have Ben back, too, because he does love it. Uh, we should just do a show from a brewery one day. Also good. Oh, um, yeah. I had that planned. Before a pandemic, we were <laughs> a brewery show, and I actually have access to a few. Yeah, um, Lucas and Ben would be mad if we did not invite them. Well, Ben, if we did a live show, he lives in North Carolina, so we'll see. He would make the trip. He probably would. Uh, but we're here talking because, hey, movies are back, and you know, it. By me saying that, people were like, "Well, there's always been movies coming out," but no, literally, it's like we're back in summer movie season. Theaters are opening up because of we we're based out of New Jersey. And I guess this applies to movie theaters because I don't think everyone thought of it is just like masks don't have to be worn inside. Yeah. And, you know, there's capacity restrictions are loosening like 
literally by the minute, it seems. Uh, HBO Max had Dune lined up for the fall as an exclusive. It's now going to be an exclusive theatrical release. And we're shifting back to that. So we figured we've stopped talking. We talked about this on the anniversary podcast. We stopped talking about current events because it was all so depressing. Yeah. It's just like stuff's not opening. This sucks. Or stuff is opening. Why? Uh, now stuff's opening and let's, let's talk about it because this is kind of a celebration, at least in my mind of maybe we're returning back to normal. So I'm going to start with you first. Let's, let's talk a little current events. Um, yeah, everything's reopening at a real rapid pace. How do you, after a year, like just being serious, the past year it's been like we've been on lockdown and we've been like every you have to be safe and you have to follow all these rules and regulations and restrictions and you and i have both done it and listen if you you didn't do it we're not judging you um i might judge you a little bit uh but how do you feel that all of a sudden now it's like hey everything's back open how do you how does that make you feel it's such a it's such a dilemma because part of me is like oh my god like grab your beers. Let's get to the beach. We're going to rage like Not already, <laughs> which yeah, but like, we're going to rage. We're going to go back to concerts. Like as someone who started this podcast, missing concerts, um, you know, talking about it on an almost weekly basis with you. It's like, I can't wait to get back in the pit and start taking photos and hanging I out mean, with my friends and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the whole other side is that is like, is like, all right, well, I think only like half the country maybe way less is actually vaxxed up seven states i think seven states are 70 percent vaccinated at this point and jersey is one of them and i know hawaii is the other one so i said to my wife i'm like why trip oh wait i'd have to mortgage uh, take a second mortgage out Um, but but the i just (laughs) it's listen the rollout has been uh, in jersey for sure and in jersey has been great um it's just like it's the not the people ruining it for the rest of us. It's just like the people who are going to inevitably ruin it for the rest of us. It's like, why are you at this point when it's super easy to get, you know, a vaccination or at least it was for me. So personal experience in Jersey, it was very easy for me. Super, yeah, it was super easy. Got my second, when I got my second shot, there was almost zero weight. I'm sure Walkins, uh, Walkins could have been welcomed at that point. They, so it's like, I've heard so many stories of one of our photographers was telling me he literally went outside of a, an old person's home in um, Asbury park or retirement home, I should say. And he said, Hey, um, I have, um, you know, uh, like I've got some stuff going on. Like, can I get a, like, if you have any extra vaccines, can I get one? They're like, our two thirty cancel go in. Yeah. Like, so that was a guy off the street. Who's not a senior citizen. That's <laughs> you true. Know? it's just yeah that's the thing i'm worried about is like i guess you know there's the whole anti-vax crowd there's just like there's all this there's just the laziness crowd that i'm scared of it's the people who are like listen everyone else is vax like i don't really need to get vax and like i don't know as many of those people as i get the well what's in it i'm like well what's in the cigarettes you're smoking there genius like you know you know it's there was a comedian saying like do you ever question what's in your your Coke Zero or or that Twinkie or X or Y, you know? So, but people will question this, and I get it. I understand the fears and stuff a little bit because it came quickly. But 
there were other COVIDs before this and coronaviruses before this, and they were working on a vaccination. So this was just like, hey, here's billions. Figure it out quick. Yeah. And yeah, for no sure. Red tape, which exactly. was usually like, you know, paying people off and allegedly and, <laughs> and, and bullshit, you know? Yeah. I'm just, I guess, I guess part of me is like super excited for the fact that like we're getting to that point, like we're getting to that place. Um, the The other part of me is just like, is it too much too fast? You know, I don't know. Just that's, just, that's it for me. Like, I think, I think we could have easily done, you know, we're going to reopen everything, but masks through the summer, like, like, which, which was, I was told was going to happen, which would have been honestly not that. And uh, listen, I'm not like a going to just go on a, a pro mask, you know, agenda yeah. rant. I it's mean, just, I'm, I'm pro mask just due to my Lucha Libre aficionado. Exactly. Odyssey, yeah. You know, and, and, Lucha and Odyssey is not a real word. I'm a big, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I love masks. Um, but no, it's just, it's more of just like a, you know, precaution, everything like, like, Oh, okay. Well, like, let's not just throw literally caution to the wind. Like let's, let's do it in a slow thing. All right. Everyone get your vaccinations. All right. We're going to open everything up. Just, you know, make sure you still do your distancing, do your mask. Like it just, I just don't want to get to a point where we're like, they have to walk back things again. We were there. We've been there. Yeah. So I was thinking about that too, is like, we have been there, but, there were no vaccinations, but you know, um, the other thing is people can still get it if they're vaccinated. Yeah. And then for me, I'm, if people don't know, I'm diabetic, um, you know, my own fault, but is I've been told for last years, like, if you get it, you're dead, dude. Like, like it's been like DEF CON five. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just like, Oh, it's fine now. I'm just like, I don't, Am I? It's just like the, it's a psychological thing of like, oh, I was on heightened alert for a year and now like snap of the fingers. Oh, you don't have to worry anymore. And for me, it's like the process that is just like, I have a very hard time processing that. Like I have done indoor dining twice, but I'm still very safe. I know three times, actually, I still wear my mask for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, wait you know server comes around i have it on you know what i'm eating i don't because that'd be weird trying to put food through a mask but you know uh but yeah it it, it is a little weird and uh, i don't believe people like when they're like hey memorial day weekend in jersey people who don't have to wear masks can just come into anywhere if you're vaccinated i'm like i don't trust anyone because people were like screw it i don't need to wear a mask what are they going to do there's there's no i don't have to present a card like I don't have to wear a badge. It's not like a barcode that they're going to scan on my wrist because I have 5g in my blood, you know, it, it's all that. But, and I mean, I'm getting concert announcements like at a, a rate I have never gotten before. <laughs> I can, I have fourth. I'm not even kidding from the moment they announced the mask work off. I have 500 concert announcements. Insane from all over the world and venues and people and in venues reaching out to me like, Hey, can you interview this person or that person? And I'm just like, ah, Jesus, I can't even think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and we're seeing festivals coming back. I know you're every day, every day there's a new every festival. Day. Announcement. People are messaging me about Primavera in Europe for 2022. For 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Howie, if you're listening to this, I, I got your request. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, that would be a sick show. It's going oh, to be bonkers, Insane. the Bobcat. But 
the thing is like those are outdoors with festivals and like concerts you know you think the the world is going to be a lot more vaccinated by the time the fall rolls around but we're here talking about movies and we're entering a very odd time with movies because so weird. we have like i mentioned with dune like was going to be on hbo max now going to be mm-hmm. theatrical only we have stuff like black widow uh correct me if i'm wrong will be theatrical and on Premier Access on Disney Plus. Correct. Um, uh, July 9th. Yeah, Cruella will be a Disney Plus only release this weekend. But wait, is it really? Cruella is this weekend. Wow. As Disney Plus as a premiere? Uh yeah, that's premiere. <sighs> Luca is not going to be. That's good. Which I'm that. also like, okay, if things are opening up, are they going to change that? Mhm. Uh, and then we got A Quiet Place 2, which a lot of people forget is a movie. Um, yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be in theaters this weekend. Originally, that was going to be a theatrical split with Paramount Plus, and I don't even know if that's happening at this point. How crazy would it be if, if Cruella makes more than Quiet Place 2? So that's interesting because I don't know who, like, I love Emma Stone. She's great. Easy A, come on. What a comedy. Super bad. So oh, come on. Super bad. So many things she's great in. But who is the Crazy Stupid Love? Oh. Great. God damn it. I have seen that movie so many times. Um, what are you, the billionaire owner of Apple Computers? <laughs> my favorite lines. Anytime I see someone remotely in my age group wearing New Balance. Um, I just love when he throws him over the. Gosling's the best in that movie. Gosling, okay, let's let's such let's, an underrated comedic actor. It's insane. He is so good, but like he is good in just about everything. I don't think I've seen a movie where I'm like, you know, who sucks in this movie? Ryan Gosling sucks in this movie. Even like Gangster Squad, which was not a good movie. Yeah, like, it's true. The uh, best use of Ryan Gosling. I already know what it is. Is is still for me the nice guys, but but I will say, comedic Ryan Gosling and and crazy stupid love is is you know it's a you know it's a crazy underrated Ryan Gosling performance. I mean, is it is it Blade Runner? Well, that that too. I didn't even think that was. Uh, okay. It's also a crazy underrated movie, Ides of March. I fucking love. We talk. I think we've talked about Ides of March. Well, not talking. enough people talk about the Ides of March. That's a no. great movie. Him, George Clooney, Evan Rachel Wood, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Russell Tomei. It's like a. That's film. a Clooney directed movie, isn't it? Yes, yeah, I think it's one of his best. Although oh, I do yeah. have a a, a a very warm spot in my heart for, for Leatherheads. Good night and good luck. No, not Leatherheads. <laughs> I started that and I was like, I gotta get out of this. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know who that audience for Cruella is. It's, it's weird. It, it's, it's the Emma Stone fan. It's the Disney fan. That's it's really that's the thing that's important. It's the Disney fan. It's the fan of just everything Disney. The same people who make Mary Poppins two or whatever. Right, but okay. So Mary or, Poppins or Maleficent had a sequel. Yeah, like, that did that didn't do well. But just in just think of that. Like it had a but sequel, yeah, meaning it, that people saw the first one. Okay, so the two movies you bring up, Maleficent, because we're now talking summer blockbusters. This is what we're gonna do. Uh is Maleficent was high fantasy, like so you can see like sci-fi mm-hmm. fantasy people are gonna get into that. Um uh what was the other one you mentioned? I just, Hopkins. 
Mary Poppins, that's a kid's movie. It's a kid's movie musical. So it's just like, okay, family week released during Christmas. This is a Memorial Day release, and it's just like kind of like Cruella DeVille, the Joker. You know what I mean? You kind of sold it. I mean, it's it's really like Emma Stone playing one of the most iconic villains of all time. Not even like animated villains, just like villains because of um, um, Glenn Close, right? Is it Glenn yes, Close? Glenn Close played Glenn it. Close, iconic. One in 102 Dalmatians. Yeah, I, iconic, right? Um, and then the, the animated version. So it's like a, it's like watching again a female Joker in the sense of like how they're doing it, but like it's a just like the Joker's an ageless villain. Mm, That's true. Yeah. However, I'll, I'll post it to the other film being released this weekend, A Quiet Place Two. I loved A Quiet Place. I saw it in the theater. One of the, one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. It's a, a it's an amazing theater experience. The only other way you should watch is if you're Al in the ranch and you've got a nine thousand inch TV and a surround sound system. Like I mean, I'll watch it within in the dark. Like if you're watching this on a regular TV with during the day, it it loses all sense of suspense in my opinion. But the trailers have looked interesting to this movie, but I feel like the promotion is not there. I can't see this movie being anywhere remotely close to box office as the first one. I think we're going to see a weird. This should have gone right to streaming in my opinion. I don't think so. I I think, I think we're going to just see a weird uh, next couple months because we're going to see promotions for films that we've already seen promotions for a year ago. Like, um, the Ryan Reynolds film, um, Free Guy, Free F9, Guy. Black Widow, and Quiet Black Place Widow. 2. I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, that'll like, we'll, I don't get, like pro- we'll get promotion for it, but I don't even worry about their box office. No, I'm not, but I'm saying, like, we, we as the like the general audience for these movies that are going to go pay and going to go see them, we have known about them for so long. I feel like and I've I known think, about Free Guy for two years. Well, that's the thing. It's like I feel like our anticipation level for some movies have dwindled because I think Quiet Place Two we were all amped for. Yeah, those initial trailers were like, yeah, but this looks great. Oh, we're gonna see both them going in the past and the continuation of the story. Now they're saying it's part of a trilogy. Like we were amped at the at, at, at the beginning of that. Um. Now we just, it's just audience have kind of, I feel like I've kind of cooled on it, um, which isn't great, but I feel like it's going to do well enough that people are, it's going to be another word of mouth. It's going to be, it's going to be the first one all over again. Like, oh, did you see Quiet Place 2? No. I, I remember the first one. I remember the first one being good though. They're like, yeah, dude, this one's even better. Or yeah, the, it's just as good. Like, this, I think. That's why I was saying streaming, because like, I feel like this is the type of movie that's going to get that word of mouth. I think it gets lost though. I think with streaming, streaming's so fickle in the sense that if people don't generally have the subscription platform, they're not going to go out of their way to see it. Well, yeah, because it was all, if this was going to Netflix, yeah, as opposed to just no, that's the Paramount Plus, but Paramount Plus is fairly new or even HBO Max. Like if it was going to go to either of these, like Max has done very well for itself with these. Godzilla and Mortal Kombat did very well the example that i give is like um and just, but, i don't know i guess justice league did probably it did probably well enough i guess but like the example i give is like 
Kat and I have both recommended on this podcast, um, Dan Delaguadio's in and of itself on Hulu. This like right. amazing, like one man show slash magician slash like a yeah. phenomenal thing. I can't pay people to go watch that on the thing that they're already paying for. Like, yeah, I keep forgetting about it, but like, that's me in general. But that's on Hulu, and Hulu's pretty widely used yeah. and still. So it's like, all right, that's how are you going to do that? That yeah, yeah, they it's are uh, run in theaters. I think they're going like to run it days. in. They're going to run it in theaters. There was a reasoning for it, though. I don't know why, but I know that they're running in theaters. Oh wait, yeah, I think they're doing something. Anyway, regardless, so. By the way, go watch that. It's phenomenal. It's just, I think it's going to be harder to get audiences to care if they forgot why they cared in the first place. So I think they really need, the marketing needs to be really amped up. Um, and I think I think they're doing an okay job with Quiet Place too, but like not as well as like an F9 or even a Black Widow. Like, well, no, I mean, those two, like F9 has already made it a, a ridiculous amount of money worldwide. It's almost made $200 million. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, in the terms of, like, the, the advertising, the way that the campaign for it, like, when they got Diesel to come out, and the my background right now is the whole spoof on this entire thing, but um, there's, like, basically all the studios got together to do this, like, coalition of, like, yeah, the, the movies are back, right? And one of the things, like they made an F9 trailer with like Vin, Vin Diesel's voiceover saying like, you know, the, the magic, the movies, the, the, you know, the magic of the movies. And it's just like, that's a great campaign because it's, it's, it's hitting on like the nostalgia of going back and enjoying these movies and all that kind of stuff. Like quiet places, like kind of doing that, but they're focusing more on the content, which normally would be great. But I think at this point people want, people need to be enticed back into a theater. It's funny. Like, um, like I look at some of the stuff that's coming out post Memorial Day weekend. Like I feel like F nine is going to be the first movie they're really going to put the whole. They're going to push the chips to the center of the table. And be like, this is the movie. America is back because it's like the, it's coming out the twenty fifth of June, where it's like America's back. We're going to have cars in space. Like let's do it. And like people are going to be like, you know what? We're back. You know, you probably have more states vaccinated, more rollbacks and distancing capacity. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, this is the movie we're going to see in the theaters. Because let's face it, the fast movies make bank in theaters. So this, I think that's going to be the first one to really crush at theaters. Like other movies are going to do yeah. well, but that's going to be like the definitive America is back you know, type movie. Here's the thing. F9... <laughs> You're gonna see an actual. We've talked about. We've talked about it like like cars in space, basically. Yeah, we're gonna talk. Well, I'm not even talking about the content of F9. F9 is gonna be. I'm 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 gonna Babe Ruth this one. F9 is gonna be. Yes, F9 is gonna be such a phenomenon. It is not because that it's gonna be the best film in the franchise, any of that kind of stuff. You are gonna be releasing this movie. uh, I believe it's like June what 25th. I literally just said that. Yes. Yeah, you're releasing this June 25th. People are going to still be like, eh, about theaters. It's going to do very well, like beyond expectations opening weekend. And then it's going to not stop making money in theaters until September. I agree. This is going to be huge because it's also, we're not getting the traditional glut of blockbusters. Although I feel like Black Widow opens the weekend after. 
Yeah. But it's but like F9 is going to be America's comeback to to theaters. Correct. And that's just going to just make filthy disgusting money. Yeah. It but and like I I want people to understand that it's not going to make the money that it would normally make the opening weekend because of just circumstances, but it's going to consistently make. It'll this, be the biggest opening in the lat from 2020 to 2021. For sure. But this is going to be like avatar money. Like it's going to, what's yeah. it's going to make $60 million every weekend, progressively more money each weekend because people I don't know like, about that. That's kind I, of ridiculous. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think this is going to be an unprecedented kind of thing because like people are going to slowly get back into theaters. That means, Oh, I, listen, I'm not going to go opening weekend, but maybe in July I'll go, see, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. what you're going to get those more states opening up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I feel like it's going to be this like river, like effect and it's just going to go bananas. And we're, that's we're, not even just speaking to like how excited I am about the movie. I'm fucking excited. I haven't seen many of the fast, movies, fast movies, but like I, I did see Hobbs and Shaw and I fucking adore that movie. It's great. I love that movie so much. Dope. It's so good. Uh, but like, it's funny we have that, but then we move into like Black Widow. It doesn't come out July 4th weekend, which is, is wild, but like you get Black Widow is going to be a Disney Plus uh, concurrent release. That movie is going to make a lot of money. Like that's going to, I think that's going to break Disney Plus and that's going to break the movies. Yeah, I mean it's a hundred percent gonna break Disney Plus. Like, uh, yeah, like people are gonna be like, "I bought it." Uh, why isn't it working? Yeah, I just like that's gonna be weird too. That's gonna oh, be it's kind of very weird. It's gonna be kind of bananas because they're gonna be basically making concurrent revenue streams that are just like astronomically high. Yeah, because I, at first I was like trying to, I tried to entertain the thought of like, oh, people are gonna be like. Maybe just like, eh, you know, yeah. it's finally out. No, it's Marvel. Correct. And I mean, they almost broke. They broke Disney Plus with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Correct. Hey, come on. <laughs> Loki will be done. And gonna, you're yeah. not this. Well, I was going to say, here's the thing. Like, as an avid fan of things, like, example, <laughs> you, you are a fan of Star Wars. Yeah. You not only want to go see The Last Jedi once, you want to see it again in theaters. I mean, potentially. I, I only saw it once, but all right. But you know what I mean? Like, in the sense of, like, there are movies that you would want to see more than once um, immediately. Yeah. I think well, even something well, like... We're in a world now where I could literally go see Black Widow in theaters. And then come home and watch Come it. home and go, and go rent it on Disney Plus Premiere. Like, that's new. Do you think that sticks? Do you think they'll do that going forward? Because it's like, like, hey, we'll do both. You're going to get like three different audiences, maybe even more. You're going to get the audience who does not want to go to theaters again. Ever. Just doesn't want to be in, yeah, just doesn't want to be in public places. Then you have the, the rewatchable. Like I just saw it in theaters, loved it. Now, next weekend, I'm going to rent it. Me and my friends are going to watch it. Then you get the most important audience. The audience that showed up day one to this direct-to-video big blockbusters, you, family man, person with kids, like this is a huge market for that. We found that out with uh, trolls. Trolls, uh, you had a little bit with Onward. Um, 
Riding the Last Dragon. Probably Mulan. Uh, not not well. Yeah, but yeah probably. I did all right. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it sticks, man. It has to. It's yeah. just stupid. It's, you're leaving money on the table if you're like a Disney or whatever. It's funny because you think about the the way it used to be. It was like in theaters. Then it would be like in the U.S. Then it would get the international release. Then it would get the VOD. Then it would go to VOD in the U.S. and then probably abroad. Then it would go to the channels. Like it would go to HBO, the premium channels. You know what I mean? Or and the streamer. It would go to the streamers, then the premium channels. Who who announced like the forty five day window? Now that's the new thing, right? That originally. Mm, I don't, I don't it's think it's Matt, well, originally the first time I ever heard it was Paramount Plus, and they were going to do it with Fireplace and, and Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that Mission Impossible movie has now been pushed back. Um, I know HBO Max is doing the thirty day. Wait, where, is it Free Gun and is it Free Guy and Top Gun? No, Free uh, Free Guy is Disney related. Got it. Uh, yeah, so no, it, it, the two movies I remember was A Quiet Place 2 and the new Mission Impossible movie, but the new Mission Impossible movie is going to be 2022. Um, if I'm Disney, I look at it like, cool, I can, you know, I can get the theaters and so many people weren't going to theaters already. So I'll get that audience, like you were saying, and then I could just, the people who don't want to pay 30 bucks and the people who don't want to go to theaters, okay, well, cool, in a few months you can get on VOD. And then it will come, then it'll be on Disney plus for free. And I'm already, and if you didn't want to pay either of those, I already got your $11 a month. So it, it's not a bad plan. Cause I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, I look at a movie, like no one else is probably thinking about this movie, but me, like I look at jungle cruise with the rock and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking rent that myself. Like you just, you just are a rock fan. Well, no, I, of course I'm a rock fan. I've been a rock fan since 1998, but I mean, like that is the old time. That is like kind of the mummy esque, like PG PG 13 rated action adventure, like period piece action adventure that like totally sings to my heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, great. I'll, I'll pay for this movie. Like no one's going to want to go to the movies to see this with me. Except my wife, because at this point she's like, I'll go to the theater, see anything. It's going to be like, no one's going to want to see this movie, but I'll go watch this movie. The big question with Disney Plus they're doing is, and I think this, I can see why they did it, but also now might bite them a little bit, is Luca, the Pixar movie, which I think looks incredible. Um, have you seen the new trailers where they kind of give the big reveal away? Yeah, it was like the second trailer. That yeah, they- which I thought was like, kind of sucked. Uh, but too. that's for free. You could watch that for free when that comes out. Like, I'm like, that movie should be breaking record. They're making huge money for them, but, like, they're doing it for free. So I think they lose out there. But at the same time, it's like, with Hamilton, remember how many subscriptions they got for Hamilton? They increased their inscription, subscription rate with that and Beyonce by, like, 72%. I don't know who doesn't have it yet. Like in the sense They want to like, get 100 million subscribers this year. And I'm like, how do you not have it already? I don't understand. They've okay. lost it all over the world. Yeah, and it's funny too because it's a great story. I like. I remember when it launched. I'm like, all right, it's just Mandalorian and whatever. But that's like, it. We were shitting on like how bad the rollout was for new it's content. So good. You could go into that like you could watch like I'm watching the Bad Batch right now, which is mm-hmm. really good. I haven't watched the new episode yet. Uh, I got to write the review. Watching still. Game Changers. It's cute as hell. Game Changers. Which one's that? Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that was. A- 
but yeah, dude, I, I'll go back into it. Bluey season two, end of this month, going to be there. Ducktail season yeah. three, it's there. Like tons of stuff, man. Even their their documentaries are also incredible. They got a Wolfgang Puck one coming out. I'm like, mm, I'm gonna watch that. I love food. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and uh, streaming is really changing the game. And I think HBO Max too, like that's going to be a huge factor for them to have more people signing up for a service that we talked about. We didn't like the Disney plus rollout. The HBO max rollout was woof. That was bad. Great. But now it's like, you know, if you're Warner brothers, like, what do you do? Like you've moved Dune to theaters only, but it looks like in the Heights, which I think is going to be a very big movie for them. It's getting glowing reviews. I mean, Linda Manuel Miranda is incredible. And supposedly that play when it came out a while ago was heavily, you know, favored and like glowing reviewed and we'll be reviewing it in advance. We love you. Warner brothers Um, is uh, Hey man, I took, it took me a long time to finally get in in with them. Um, That's going to be big. And I think you're going to get people going to the movies for that, but you're going to see a lot of HBO max subs going up too. Yeah, I mean, for sure, because they have, I mean, we haven't even said Suicide Squad yet. Like, oh, no, that's a whole. So, like, they have a lack. That's because that's a. Okay, let's get, let's just fuck, let's get into Suicide Squad. Because do you think Warner Brothers pulls the plug on Suicide Squad being an HBO Max release and says it's all theater because it's an August release? Or do you think they split it? I think they split it. I think it's too. It's, it's a smart too, move. To split it. It's too. Uh, it's too close. It's too close because uh, Dune was uh, end of the Fall. year. No, it was yeah. October. It was early October. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not that early. It's only May. They've already started promoting it, like heavy promotion. It, it just it's it it would wouldn't make financial sense. I think for them to do it. Because I, here's my question to you. Do you think, like, right now they're more concerned with, no pun intended, kind of getting the maximum, you know, maxing out the subs as much as they can for HBO Max as opposed to just releasing something theatrically, given the fact they're also doing a um, shit, the John Cena series, yep. and I totally forgot the name of his character, Peacemaker. Um, Peacemaker. Yeah. I, I look at it like that. I'm just like, if you're promoting a Peacemaker series that might be HBO Max original, you're going to want to have the Suicide Squad on HBO Max. And, you know, you might still have some reservations about there's uh, hops over there. Uh, uh, you might have some res- people might have reservations about this film, given the original uh, quality of the first Suicide Squad movie. If you don't uh, believe me, check out Dan Cohen's rants from a few years ago on the site. But, yeah, I think like that's the synergy you want because you're going to want to drive people to HBO Max for the Peacemaker series because I feel like that's going to be a temple series for HBO in the future. I don't know if that's going to the the actual um, over-the-air channel, but Peacemaker is going to be huge, and I know they've been filming it all from this, this spring, and I think it's wrapping in July. So that's big money. So if I'm picking a movie, though, Al, to go see in theaters – I think it's the Suicide Squad. James Gunn with the gu- with the gloves off. Yeah, and the greatest one of the greatest lines of all time. John Cena saying, "If I have to eat a 
a beach full of dicks to, for peace, I'll do it. Like, yeah. all right, cool. I mean, and Sylvester Stallone is a king shark. All right, cool, man. It's what you get when you mix the director of Super and the director of Guardians of the Galaxy together. Like, shut up, crime. We're fucking in. Like, like this is going to be so much fun because it's basically, as you said, like James Gunn unleashed. And it's not like he wasn't unleashed in Guardians well, of the Galaxy. It's he just had, he had some dizzy limitations. And I, some, I, listen, I have to watch. There's a, I still have to watch Guardians too. <laughs> but okay, he has some Disney limitations. But the things that he gets away with in a Disney movie, yes, is insanity. Um, Guardians Three is going to be so good. I can't wait. And the Guardians Christmas special we got to... Oh, shit, that's right. And yeah. he, he did stuff with the actual... I'm not sure if he did stuff with the Guardians ride, too. Yeah, I think he did. I know Feige was heavily involved in that. Exactly. He's involved Go watch in the Imagineering documentary if you have not seen it. It's definitely worth your time. Um, I'm just trying to see some other movies that are coming out that are like, that are like the big temple. Okay, so I'm going to make a very big admission here. Um, I have not seen Space Jam. You're the worst. We talked about a movie the other day, and I'm just like, are you like you didn't see Almost Famous? And I was like, how, as a music journalist, have and photographer, have you not seen Almost Famous? That is literally a movie written and created for you, Cameron Crowe. Before you, like you might have been in swaddling clothes, and he was like, I am making this movie for Al Manorino. Like this movie is for him. But I've not seen the new Space Jam, but like. That's another HBO Max, really, you know, concurrent release that I think is going to do bonkers numbers. Like, I think that's going to be a movie that maybe that's got the nostalgia factor and it's got the kid factor because kids, kids love LeBron. Love, I'm sorry, let me try that again. Kids love LeBron, and my wife loves LeBron too. Um, she's the only he's the only basketball player she knows besides Jordan. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be. That's going to be a huge movie this summer. I it's funny because I I am an actual fan of Space Jam because that it, it hit me. I feel like I made Anthony Toto like I broke his soul by just admitting that because he's written a number of things about Space Jam. Obviously. Yeah, Space Jam is such a like like definitive '90s movie. Um, I was a little like, older when that came out. I was like, was it '96? Yeah, I, think I was like, I, I was in high school when that movie came out, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't know if this really appeals to me. Nah, it's it's so like, old, so it's funny. It's like you had to be there, like to, to to understand the the magnitude of that movie in the sense of like '96, '97. Like Michael Jordan is. The pinnacle. First of, of all, as a Knicks fan, I already fucking know about Michael Jordan. But not even I'm. Listen, I am five or six at this point. Michael Jordan is just this like being. Yeah. It's not even like he is a basketball player. It's no, just like, he is. Michael Jordan and LeBron. LeBron. I mean, people will argue who's the goat and whatever. They have both transcended basketball. Exactly. So it's like that's the audience that we're dealing with now, and I don't think it's even remotely the same in the sense of like Michael Jordan's like the height of Michael Jordan's career. No, no, I don't. I is, agree. Like, it's happening at this same. moment. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's, it's like same. if, if maybe, if maybe it was Steph Curry no. in the role. No. In the, in the way that they're talking about Steph now, as opposed to how they used to no. talk about them. Le- no, LeBron's definitely a bigger star than Steph. Like Steph's been, I know, but in terms of 
in terms of like how they're talking, like LeBron with injuries, with like, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's at the height of his career. No, he, he agreed. He is yeah. not at the height of LeBronism. Correct. He is Jordan a, was Jordan was the height of Jordan, but in that LeBron time. is a, LeBron as opposed to Steph, and this is not taking an iota away from Steph Curry's talent. Yeah, nor any disrespect to former Charlotte Hornet Del Curry, his father. Mm-hmm. LeBron is a cultural icon. He cultural icon. That. So that's why this makes more sense. And I feel it like makes, it was, makes it makes a million more sense. But if this movie wonder, happened like seven years ago. Yes. Yes. Seven years ago, di- different story. So Thank that's you. why I wonder, will this movie have the cultural resonance? I think we already answered this question. The cultural no. resonance that OG Space Jam had. No. And even though because you forget Space Jam had, and I know he is, uh, you know, outside of music is, you know, just an awful person. R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly was the biggest song of that year. It was You Cannot... You could not walk down the street without that song playing. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because like the technology's there now. Not that it, it's believable that LeBron is playing with Bugs Bunny, but it's just like there's so many factors of why Space Jam just is so nostalgic for my generation. You know, it was the meeting of these two greats, Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan, which is, is nonsense, but just like two pretty huge figures. And I don't know the way that Warner brothers is doing this movie with every single IP and in attendance. Um, I think that's weird. I think they're just basically redoing ready player one. Um, I don't know. There's just, it doesn't seem like the time, the timing is right. You know, it just seems that LeBron, while popular enough, you know, he is like this globally recognized yeah. person. It just doesn't seem like it's Warner weird. Brothers is doing justice to it. Like, it just doesn't seem, I don't know, man. Well, it was groundbreaking then, and this is kind of like it's not groundbreaking now. The no, technology right. so, is technology's caught up, and the, the way that they're kind of incorporating this like Ready Player One, like let's yeah, that's the part that really kind of it just takes away didn't they from put people from uh, Clockwork Orange in it. Yeah, that makes no sense. Correct. Put, put the Ghostbusters in it. Makes more sense. Oh, is that movie coming out this, year, this summer? I don't know. Ghostbusters. I don't think so. No, wouldn't it make more sense if it was in like it's, it's in the fall. It's it's, it's uh, November. It's November. November. That movie is going to be ridiculously yeah. promoted, and it's going to do well because that's a movie like we're talking Space Jam, but like a Ghostbusters remake. Listen, and a lot of people crapped on that Ghostbusters movie from a few years ago. It's a good movie if you watch the director's cut. Like if you actually watch it on FX or like a cable channel. They add in a whole bunch of deleted scenes, which helps the movie incredibly. Like, in my opinion, I thought it was okay. I think I think it's a I funny movie. Like the theatrical experience a, is not great. You watch it on cable, like, oh, if they released that in theater, it would have been so much better. Because the a, whole Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy relationship is like fleshed out. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, stakes. Uh, I care about things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, that movie like was unjust. was unjustly, you know, maligned because of misogynistic bullshit. But sure, th- this one is gonna. This one's gonna rake, but that's it's gonna point. do. It's gonna do really well commercially. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. It's such a toss-up in terms of like. Well, isn't what's this? Isn't um, who's directing it? It's Jason Reitman. Oh, sorry. We're still talking about Ghost. I thought we were talking about Space Jam. Well, I was talking about. Well, no, I no, I think I was. I, anyway, yeah, commercially will do well. But Critically, I don't, think, I don't know. I don't think it'll be the cultural. Correct. Which um, is more important, I guess. Touchstone. Yeah, it yeah. won't. I don't think people are going to be going back to this in 20 years saying like like uh, kids who grow up who are going to be in their late 20s are going to still be talking about Space Jam 2 as kids like kids who are now in their late 20s. I say kids because I'm almost 40. Yeah. Uh, talk about Space Jam now. Like you talk about Space Jam glowingly and you will reference this in everyday conversation was I don't think this one will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a good movie. It's like a terrible actual movie, but it's a great movie. Oh yeah, like <laughs> there are so many movies that are like that. It's just like yeah. this movie is hot garb, but at the same time, except Good Burger. Good Burger is also just, Good Burger is a great movie. I awesome. can't bring myself. It's to that a one. great movie. Um, there's uh, there's one movie that's an indie movie that I think our good friend Kelly. McGovern, who's been on a podcast multiple times, is, is loving. And I feel like Ooh. this movie is going to be the sleeper movie of the summer. Fuck. This is the midsummer. This is the midsummer of midsummer. The, the, the Rich Somer of Mad Men, who apparently was on George from uh from the site's podcast not long ago. Uh maybe yeah. by not long ago. It could have been last year. Um The Green Knight with Dev Patel. Looks incredible. <laughs> like looks fucking insane. It looks like it looks like everything I want in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why it's did like we have Kelly on like the podcast? The, that's that's my first. True. It's that's a good question. It's like everything we want in like a Game of Thrones episode, but with what Dev Patel. Who, by the way, I said to Kelly in a DM, I was just like, talk about the definition of glow up. Remember that guy was like the skinny guy from like Nerdy Later. Yeah, and now he's just like thirst trap McGee, all like yeah. jacked yeah, up. Now, right now he can get it. Now, well, okay, uh, but now he, now he's just like everyone's just like, wow, that is a goddamn handsome man. Yeah. I'm a little surprised this is a summer film because to me this reeks of fall, like uh-huh. that fall movie that makes like a buttload of money. Uh, but uh, this, outside of Jungle Cruise, <laughs> sorry, this is my number one number one movie i want to see this summer like this i think is going to be the fantasy epic we have not gotten in years and i don't even know what that movie years ago was off the top of my head this just looks incredible and like i can't get enough of it yeah i mean i uh you're like I i agree i think i think you're drooling over death patel right now a little bit i mean i'm i i I feel the same way. However, I don't know if it'll be the the box office smash. No, no. I think that's the thing is like my pick for like, I guess the sleeper hit movie is not really like a sleeper hit. It's just more of like a, holy shit. I didn't know this thing existed, but now I do. Movie is a Paw Patrol movie. No. Oh my God. That'd be great. No, uh, no sudden move. The Soderbergh movie. (sighs) 
See, it's interesting with Soderbergh because like he did that movie a few years ago that was all shot on an iPhone. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like he's that guy who's like every few years has a hit movie, but a lot of his other stuff will just fly under the radar. Yeah. I don't until I see a full trailer for this. I'm not convinced that's the sleeper hit of the summer. Yeah. I mean, I just that's the thing is like Soderbergh can drop like a a teaser that is just a, a really cool, like opening credits. And like, I'm intrigued. Like the cast alone is like insane. It's yeah. Ray Liotta, Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, David Harbour, John fucking ham, Brendan fucking Frazier, Kieran Culkin. Like it's great that's, cast. that's a rogues gallery. You like, know, that's nuts. Uh, you know what actually has a real good shot of being a sleeper hit actually more than green night the new oh, M- the new old, M- old. yeah because remember we saw that com- it was one of the few commercials we saw during, during the super, super bowl. bowl that one that's that hard that's that mind-bending horror film that that's the midsummer that's it but like didn't he like get back on the good gracious graces of horror fans and then yeah, immediately immediately retract it uh well uh, the the third movie Glass wasn't it the best movie? Everyone hated it. I saw it. It was good up until the end, and in the end, you're like, really? That's what you're gonna do? Um, but no, I feel like that one is gonna be that's the horror one. Not like Green. I think Green Knight will do well. I'm very excited for it. And uh, but this one is gonna be like that horror movie of the summer because The Conjuring is gonna be early in the year. Early mm-hmm. in the summer, that's going to be a split. Uh, that's going to be an HBO Max release, probably with some theater. That'll do really well because the Conjuring movies always do well. And I actually like those movies. I mean, I might be in a minority on that, but I like the hor- Conjuring. No, the Conjuring movies are great. I don't know. No, even no. Like I mean, like, no, no, they do well. Oh, you so you enjoy them? Yeah. No, I, I think I've seen. I think two. And I really liked two. it. No, well, I'm there's not. also the spin-offs. There's like Annabelle. And no, I think I've only seen terrible. legitimately Conjuring 2. Oh, Conjuring 1 is actually pretty good. I know my yeah. cousin in horror aficionado, Ann Hale, who writes for the site, will be like, that movie sucks. But I I really dig it. Like Conjuring uh, 1 is definitely a good one. Gotcha. But I literally only saw the second one. The second one's I, good. I, I do retract my sleeper hit. Can I can I throw another option out there? Hell, like I'm not holding you to anything on this. Okay, Uh, it's another A24 release. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which one's that? I'm just double checking and making sure it is coming out. Is it Snake Eyes? uh, GI Joe Origins? No, because that is not. (laughs) I don't think that one's going to do great. By the way, no, it's A24, June 30th. June 30th. Let me see. Zola. I actually have not seen a trailer for that, so I cannot comment. Okay. You must watch the trailer. It's based off a tweet thread. The entire movie is based off a Twitter thread. I swear to God. I mean, this isn't on Wikipedia. This is an infamous 148 tweet Twitter thread. The, the, the woman claims that she invented the Twitter thread because of this now infamous viral story. Uh, please watch the trailer when you get a chance. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be... Potentially, if done well, that kind of maybe the sleeper comedy of the year. Because do they have any coming out? Question mark besides Free Guy. 
Um, not that I like nothing that you would be like. Oh yeah, that looks like a great comedy. There's yeah. no, there's the, yeah. Adam Sandler is just oh well. There's the hitman's wife's bodyguard. That's true. So it's literally Ryan Reynolds or bust. So yeah, this might be the sleeper comedy of the year. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah I'm trying to see if there's any. There's uh, probably more of a dramedy than anything else. There's nothing else that's a real big comedy. They, you know, it's you know it's going to be that end of summer hit, like that Mortal Kombat era area. Venom. No. Candyman. Oh yeah, Candyman. I mean, that like is looks like a legit like. That looks awesome. Like a good movie. Yeah, it looks really awesome. And Mm. um, it's going to be directed by um, Nia DaCosta, Jordan Peele. People uh, mistake that Jordan Peele is the director, but he's he's the producer. He did the screenplay for it too. But it's got Yaya Abdul Mateen II and Tiana Paris, who we. uh, um, Yaya Abdul Mateen II, if you don't know who he is, he was in in Watchmen. And Tiana Paris, of course, was in WandaVision. So, like, think about, like, those, like, people didn't even know who Tiana Harris. Well, they were like, oh, she was Don Draper's secretary in Mad Men. Now she's, like, more, even more established. And, like, I think that's just going to make people be like, oh, my God, she was so great yeah. in WandaVision. I'm going to see this. Like, yeah, man, it's going to be, that movie's going to rake because it's, like, in the cash because, like, Jordan Peele. And everyone's saying Nita Costa is like the next director based on this film. And you have like Tiana Paris and Abdul are like, they're, they're going to, they're the next two like stars are going to rise up. It's going to be really cool. I think. I mean, that's, that's your August right there. You got suicide squad free guy. I, you um, think free guy's going to do good because I saw Ryan, trailer- Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I know. We are in a, rock like renaissance of Ryan Reynolds in the sense that everything he does. I listen, I, or listen, does really I love well. the fact that Ryan Reynolds and Clint Frazier from the Yankees are best friends, but like I see free guy and I'm just like, ah, something and, about that screams like flop to me. Nah, you got, was it, is, is it Levy who directed it? Not Dan Levy. No, not Dan Levy. Um, Imagine. Yeah. Sean, 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 Sean Levy. Guy knows oh, from, how to make, yeah, from whatchamacallit. I can't even think of it. Um, uh, producer of Stranger Things, Stranger right? Things, yeah. But he's also the director of like... Um, Jody, uh, Jody Comer from Killing <sighs> Eve, Joe Keery. Jody Comer's so good. Stranger Things, Lil Rel Howlery, Hal- Taika Waititi. This is a, like the technically the first time audiences are going to see like how versatile Jody Comer is like not in Killing Eve. Like, you know what I mean? Well, she was. In The Rise of Skywalker for a hot second. <laughs> yeah. A hot Tatooine second. A hot Tatooine second. Well, not Tatooine. Uh, was it? Uh, Naboo. J- J- no. J- Naboo. Jakku. Jakku. Well, it rhymed. It's just like, why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Exactly. Um, so so we, we've gotten through the summer. Uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the fall. Because that's when things will be really normal, and we just both watched a trailer from our fa- one of our favorite directors today. I just can't fucking wait for this movie. So, Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright, who Al and I are unabashed fans of. I mean, like Two legit fans. fanboys of. Um, I've seen him in person talk. It, it was amazing. Uh, where did you see him? Uh, it was a uh, the. 
double screening or double feature, Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz World's End, and it was uh, an early screening of World's End before it hit theaters. And it was a Q&A, it was a Q&A with Frost, Wright, Peg. Yeah, I was supposed to like, they, they, I got hosed on that. That's how you ended up on the site because of my Hot Fuzz review and my World's End review. You read that, I remember. Yeah. And, Ed, and Edgar Wright retweeted how I said it was the movie of the year. I have never watched that movie again because I'm like, it was so perfect at the time for me that I can never go back to it because I like I don't want to ruin that time. It's it's still great. I have uh, one of my favorite things that I have in my in my movie room is a uh, I just bought for myself for my birthday. This isn't even hung up yet, but I forgot. I don't think I've told you this. Uh, my 30th birthday, bought myself a gift. Um, it was a set of posters from uh, Vice Press is the uh, the company that made the I know. I know. I think I know these. And it's um, it's hot. It's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End posters, but they're all um, the theme is like a beer glass in each oh. one. And it's fucking awesome. Wow. I'm going to put it behind my bar, all three of the posters. So that's the one thing. And then one of my favorite things I own in my collection is um, a limited edition Mondo uh, World's know. End poster done by Jacques, one of my favorite comic book artists. He has done one for Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I didn't have the chance to buy it because I wasn't at Comic-Con at the time. Um, very sold out, very expensive on, expensive on the aftermarket. Won't obtain it anytime soon. The Hot Fuzz one had a chance to buy it, didn't, bought the vinyl instead. Ryan has the Hot Fuzz poster, hate him for it to this day. That's and then when it, it. when it came to actually getting the World's End one, I probably was the first person to buy it. Oh, so many Ryan things I almost asked right there. I will refrain from doing. Uh, no, I won't. Uh, but last night in Soho. So, I'm going to tell you my initial thoughts. What I originally, when I heard this movie, I saw the poster. I'm just like, oh, this is going to be a period piece rom com, unlike, not unlike La La Land. Wow, was I wrong? You were wrong. <laughs> so wrong and so happy I was wrong. Why don't you fill in some people about what this movie's about? Oh, man. It's, um, man. <laughs> I, I would like to try. So, Edgar Wright is notorious for being, uh, you know, a, British comic genius, you know, uh, spaced, as we said, the the trilogy of movies we talked about. But we're going to podcast about that this year. Yeah. The great thing about him, though, is like he loves movies like he loves playing with genre and all that. So each of those three movies that we mentioned are mixtures of genres that he loves and like these great like mashups. Um, Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver were two films where he went and went into more specified areas and especially baby driver, like making a full on like crime movie. So his next film last night in Soho is a psychological thriller takes place in both present day. And it seems like the 1960s. Yeah. uh, Based on the James Bond poster on one of the uh, theaters during. Yeah. So it's correct. Yeah. So it's a Connery one. So yeah, the sixties. And it's got something a little bit to do with, time travel as well in the sense that like this woman keeps going to sleep and is basically dreaming that she is this 60s 
um, a lounge singer. And it's Anya uh, Taylor Joy. Taylor Joy. Uh, I always call her right. Anya Joy Taylor, but Anya Taylor, yeah, ATJ. So good. Oh, uh, Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Gambit. Come on. Phenomenal Queen's Gambit. But it's honestly the best way I can describe it without like Matt giving Smith too much away. Who is in it? Yeah, Matt Smith, who I love. Um, yeah, so Emma Thompson? Probably. Yeah, she. I, I feel like she's in it. There's a few other famous Brits in it. But yeah, it's definitely like this time travel and it has elements of horror to it too. Especially if you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, hi. That was not what I was expecting, especially from Edward, Edgar Wright. Unless yeah. you've seen his trailer for Don't that was included in Grindhouse. Yes, that's true. It's actually, you know, it's not Emma Thompson. It's the late Diana Rigg. Oh, shit. Love Diana Terrence Rigg. Stamp is also, in the, if you might know him from uh, Young Guns <laughs> or The Limey. It's done a ton of stuff. Yeah. It's a really good cast, too. Um, waiting for uh, Peg and Frost to show up in it. Um, but yeah, it that one looks real good. Right after um, Labor Day weekend, you're going to get uh, you're going to get Shang Chi, and that one's going to be big. Yeah, I mean, this is the year of Marvel. I mean, you have Black Widow, Shang Chi. Wow. wow, you're looking at that September is like September is usually a uh, historically is usually a wasteland of films, but this year you're going to have the following. You're going to get Shang-Chi, Labor Day weekend. You're going to end up getting, um, I don't know, all these movies. You're going to get Venom, Let There Be Carnage. You're going to get The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos film uh, prequel, which I think will just be a a max. It could be a split release. Then you're going to get the Dear Evan Hansen uh, film adaptation, which that was a massive musical. Like that's going to get yeah. a lot of push. Like you're looking, that's going to be a big September. I feel like what you're going to get, especially I'm looking at some of the releases that are coming in the fall. Like this is going to like, this is going to be nothing but like temple after temple. You're going to get the matrix. You're going to get West side story. Tons of other stuff like that. Yeah. And as I was saying, like this is the year of Marvel. We're going to have in the same year, in almost like a monthly basis, we're going to have Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and then uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Eternals is going to be... That's, that's four Marvel movies. November and one Spider-Man year. will be four, um, December. Wow, think about this. So Spider-Man No Way Home is slated for a December 17th release. The next week, you're going to get Matrix 4. And I know this movie doesn't mean a lot, but it's going to still do big. Sing 2, the animated feature. The King's Man. And Downton Abbey 2. Like, that like seven-day span, that is huge box office. Huge. Yeah. No, and I mean... It, it's like almost like... I, it's like it's almost unfair and i think we're gonna this is what film releases are going to be like bleeding into 2022 oh for sure because we pushed off so many movies from reminder the last few years four marvel movies that is unheard of 
Although that Venom trailer looks like garbage. No, no, no. That's not even counting Venom. One more time. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man. That's four. Oh, yeah. MCU movies. That's Is that Spider-Man an MCU film or is it still Sony? Or is that joint? It's 100% in the MCU. Well, yeah, but I mean, is Disney oh, is Disney producing that one or is oh I think they have, that a, one, they, have they just did remember they just signed that huge new I don't remember re, they just did it like a reagreement like a couple weeks ago a big yeah. a big like and then the movies I think are going to be on Disney Plus. Oof, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. So Al, of these movies we've talked about, we've talked about many of them. So many. what's the first one that's going to say? You know what? I'm going to the movies to see it. Um. Okay, I have two answers for that. One, it, great. it would be F nine, but I'm honestly considering doing uh, the um, renting at a theater. I've done it. I know you have. It's it's an awesome experience. Uh, it's nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking because we did it in the fall of last year, but we mm-hmm. saw Tenant, uh, and that was cool. So that was that was the. Uh, what are you thinking of renting it? What do you mean? What for? What movie? F nine. Not a joke. You don't understand how these movies like mean to me as a cinema goer. Like it is the movie experience in a nutshell. Like it doesn't. It's not. You you think? Oh, I get it. I get it. There's such a stigma to these movies when people they need, don't. They need to acknowledge they're all Point Break ripoffs. Fine, but people need to acknowledge that these aren't like car movies and that these aren't action movies. These are superhero movies. They are superhero movies. Fucking watch them and tell me it's not a superhero movie. The I laws see Hobbs and Shaw, so yeah. Thank you. The laws of physics and Tony's and and just logic. the human and logic and the human body don't matter. These are superhero movies, and they're some of the best superhero movies out there just agree like that's it there's no there's no fight to it you have to agree to it because it is true and fast five legitimately is probably one of the best action movies ever made start to finish watch it that's the one that introduces the rock it's the best is kurt russell in that one he is in six i've seen six then okay you need to watch five five will blow your mind it's really well done it's when it's, it's james uh, Justin Lin or James Wong? It's Justin Lin. Lin comes, yeah, yeah, it was Lin. Lin, because then Wong comes in for six or seven. It's it's a, it's, it's a lot of movies. Um, well, it's, yeah, Lin and Wong do do a majority. So of you're so you're movies. saying the movie that's bringing you out to theaters? Yeah. So that's F- that was the that was the trick question. So F nine will bring me into theaters, but probably because of how close it is to this whole, you know, you know, release plan and everything. I think that's the only one I would want to go see right now, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'll yeah. see it in a rented theater with my friends who also want to go see it and don't want to deal with the bullshit. I think the movie that gets me out into the normal theaters, um, is probably Black Widow. For me, it's gonna be hmm. again. This is normal theater setting. You don't care how many people are. Oh in wow! I didn't even realize we're getting a PT Anderson movie this year. Yes, 
Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's the one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid. And uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. A movie that's probably... And one of the Safdie brothers. Yeah, which is wild. The <laughs> movies that might get me out to the theaters will probably be either Green Knight or The Suicide Squad. You will go to the theater to see Green Knight if given the option to see it at home. Is it going to be available for streaming? I'm just saying, like, what is the hmm. what is the movie that gets you? I don't have the ability to go see it. Well, uh, where where would Green Knight even stream? It could be just direct to video. Not the day it's released. Why not? It happens all the time. Smaller movies. I don't know. I I feel like I'm like that hits all my because a lot of other stuff hits Disney Plus, so I can be like, well, I'll just get on Disney Plus, you know, or HBO, or HBO Max. Yeah, but but I feel like Suicide Squad would be the one movie. Like, if I'm not picking Green Knight, it's Suicide Squad because I'm just like that movie seems like I need a big thing of popcorn in front of me, Mm -hmm. and I need friends there, and we're just gonna laugh our asses off. That's F nine to me. Yeah, no, I'm not denying that at all. Yeah, I mean that we, like, we the laugh our movies, ass. The, the fast movies are the definition of summer popcorn movies. Hundred percent, like they hundred percent are, and we have these movies for a reason. You know, yeah. they're not Shakespeare. And if you're expecting more, like if you're expecting like a Merchant Ivory film that's going to be potentially nominated for Best Picture, stop it. But if you want fun, which I think that's the big thing given the year we've had plus fun blockbusters are what we need at the theaters. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be the suicide squad. I know I could probably get on HBO max, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think even if given the option of I'm already paying for this service yeah, for suicide squad, I will still go out and give them my money because it just looks like a lot of fun in the theater. Like I wish I could have seen Godzilla versus Kong in a theater. Cause like oh, that movie, it. that movie is just like 90% just like big monsters punching each other and 10% human drama, as opposed to the previous movies with Kong and Godzilla, where it's just mostly humans. So like to see that in a the theater, would have been great. Instead I got gooned up and, drank a whole bunch of whiskey and watched it and it was great you know from the from the comfort of my laptop but i feel like the suicide squad is just going to be such a fun experience in the theater to go back to and i i miss the theatrical experience i really do you and i are two people who are like going to the movies it's just it's just like a joy yeah yeah really sure is. can i can i ask you a question sure. I, don't, I honestly don't know if it's on your uh your list of questions Oh, you can ask me anything. Okay. There is a movie that's coming out October 8th. I'm not even going to look, so. Okay. it's um, It stars this, uh, this man named Daniel Craig, um, and he has this gun. Fuck. Is that coming out in November? It's October. In October? That's finally coming out. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm there opening day. But that's here's my question. Here, here is the question amazon is currently in talks to buy mgm for like True. billion dollars for so there much- is a chance that that could happen okay 
at the end of this week. Okay. No Time to Die is immediately announced as a Amazon Prime video day of movie for Prime subscribers. It's happening. I'm watching. Are you still going to the theater? Well, when is it released? I mean, is it released? The motherfucking day of. Oh, the day, like, if it's October? Yeah. I'm going to to theater to see it. Okay. 100%. Do you? you I've seen almost every James Bond film. Like, my dad had the original books. Like, Ian Fleming books. So, I'm like a Bond, like, Marissa, our film editor, is a huge Bond fan, as am I. We're both, like, diehard Bond fans. That is theater destination watching for me. Unless numbers are up. Like, unless all of a sudden we get some sort of backslide with the numbers. Then I'll watch it on Prime, but I would go see this opening day in the theater because, like, one of my favorite movies I saw in the theaters in the last like 10, 12 years, Skyfall, incredible. Yeah. Um, the movie that followed that, that I didn't really care for, that I don't even remember the name of Spectre. Spectre was kind of garbage. And the um, last movie that we saw with him in it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, as James Bond, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I like No Time to Die looked great and i was amped for it and i'm i'm here for it i'm so there in the movies for it yeah i think that's going to be the answer for everyone yeah because it's james bond and it's going to be probably the last craig movie as bond so it's like yeah like that's a theatrical experience but you know it's gonna be dope if it's the case uh, henry golding as james bond like i called a while ago it'd be awesome (laughs) that'd be great um no i was gonna say you know I was going to say, wouldn't it be amazing if end of next week, whatever, Amazon buys MGM, next month, everything goes into motion, they get the entire catalog, and they're like, guess what? We're bringing all these movies back into theaters. All the bombs. I mean, I've seen... Or streaming. Or streaming. But I mean, like, likely. I had to... No, I mean, they have access to them already. Like, I remember I had to rent GoldenEye to, like, talk about it, or the world... Um, for a for a, a write up I had to do on the site, but or then it was like Goldmine. It was like oh, the one with Denise Richards. I can't even remember it. Uh, Die another day? No, the world is not enough. I no. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow, yeah, they Yeah, I had to like watch that, and I was like, they're on Amazon already, and like, but like, like I love Bond. I've seen them. I've seen them all. You know, except for the one with George Lazenby. I haven't watched that all the way through, which. Um, I think it's, I can't remember the name of it. It's from the seventies, but yeah, I, I love bond. Like, and if they're just like, Hey, it's Amazon prime only. And you know, blah, blah, blah. Like whatever. I got prime already. So I'm there. I'm there for bond. Whenever it comes out, you name it. I'm there. I just want to see and what tra- they do. But that's a movie they got to remarket because remember we saw so many trailers for that. Like you were saying, we were saying before that, I forgot that was even coming out. We saw like three or four release dates. I think we saw just as much release dates for that as we did the new mutants. I think we've seen as many really I wouldn't go that far because that was years. I would I would say that and Black Widow have had the same amount of release dates. Yeah. It's so funny how they dumped that movie. Well, Black Widow? No, New Mutants. <laughs> I mean no one liked it, really. No one did. I didn't even because I was expected. Like, I was like, everyone I know that saw the movie was like, this movie's okay. And I'm just like, for an okay movie, I'm not going out of my way to see it. You know? Yeah. 
I even had the ability to watch it for free on HBO Max. I'm like, nah. I, I literally only want to watch it because of that person. And on Taylor Joy. Yeah, she's great. Alan has see Emma. her behind him. Yes, with from SNL, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beck, Beck Bennett's... Uh, the voice uh, of Launchpad McQuack. Vin Diesel. Uh, uh, Al, before we wrap up, Give the get the people a pop culture recommendation. I know you're watching a new series that's oh, on HBO Max right now. Oh man, I actually have so many pop culture recommendations. But yeah, hacks hacks on HBO, which I think I mentioned last podcast with Ben, um, is so good. Gene Smart is is She's also in Mayor of Easttown. If you're watching, which is very good, she is great. She's like the queen of HBO right now. Um, She's a great Watchmen. Phenomenal Watchmen. Yeah, so I don't, I don't even want to give too much away, but basically it's like Gene Smart plays a, like, the top Vegas comedian. Like, like she's, like, a comedic icon who is now has, like, a decades-long residency in Vegas, and she gets um, basically paired up with this young um, comedy writer who is, like, not doing great in her career, and it's a it's like a cool, you know, two sides of a different coin kind of story. Um, but yeah, very fun, very funny, and uh, definitely check out Hacks. Um, what else? Van Weezer, the new Weezer album is the is my so far my favorite album of the summer. Super upbeat, super fun. That uh, I would check that out. Also, uh, I'm reading a book right now, Yearbook, Seth Rogen's book. Uh, it's great. What's it called? Uh, yearbook. It's like his, like, um, it's like a collection of like essays. Um, it's what he's, why he's been on the news for like weeks now. He's been promoting this book. Um, really funny, like anecdotes about like his life and career and stuff. So um, apparently he goes into detail on like a lot of uh, famous people, like stories and stuff about like George Lucas and Snoop Dogg and all these different people. Um so that's pretty fun. So that's three book, movie, music. Oof. I have to, if I have to walk down that pit of danger, I still haven't watched the army of the dead. I gotta, I gotta get on. That. Same. Uh, it looks, it looks like a lot of fun. If I'm talking about music, I'm going to talk about our boys, Royal blood. Uh, they have released their new record typhoons, but, the song from that that I'm going to recommend is Boilermaker. My God, I cannot get that out of my head. It is, it is this, I think it's the best crystallization of their blend of doing like their classic, like low end alternative bass and drum grungy rock with like kind of this killer's dancey thing they're trying to do where it's a little more synth, a little more poppy but it, it really has an amazing groove to it and uh, cannot get it out of my head. It's so good. Uh, if I'm talking about a TV show right now, Dark Side of the Ring season three is happening on Vice and it is incredible. Uh, go watch the episode on Nick Gage, the king of this shit, the god of this shit, I should say. Nick fucking Gage. Uh, you know, Eastern Bloc, Hate Club, MDK all fucking day. It's a great episode where it's about this cult of personality type wrestler who overcame yeah, heroin addiction, being a bank robber, 
dying in the ring, dying because of a match, becoming one of the most positive like comeback stories of, uh, in wrestling history. Um, and if I'm talking about a TV, sh- another uh, piece of media, I'm going to talk about the Bad Batch on Disney Plus, which is the new Star Wars animated series. It's absolutely awesome. The premiere is a little daunting. It's 70 minutes, and it's a spinoff of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, you don't have to worry about not seeing Rebels. Uh, they catch you up really quick. The 70-minute premiere uh, breezes by. Episode 2, eh. But they course correct in Episode 3. This is a really fun series to watch, especially if you love Star Wars. I think it's really cool. I kind of um, It runs concurrent from... Revenge of the Sith, and in between for A New Hope. I think it's really cool. So check those out. Al, where can people find you on social media? Uh, You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Hopefully, in a few months, weeks, I will start updating the Instagram with photos of people playing musical instruments. We shall see. Well, we definitely will see. Um, as for me, I am at Bodkin Writes, W-R-A-T-E-S. I am a busy boy on the podcast front. Uh, this will drop on Thursday, so check me out. I am filling in as the co-host on the All Elite podcast with my best friend, Kyle Masters. We're talking about AEW Double or Nothing 2021. I will also be on the Bob Culture podcast with Kyle uh, resident uh, AEW uh, panelist Kimmy Sokol of Kimmy Loves Wrestling and Rob Crother, who is a Pop Break staff writer. Uh, we will be talking about Double or Nothing. I will also be recording the uh, first official episode of my wrestling podcast, This Wrestling Life, a podcast, my good buddy Kenny Pete. Uh, that will air in early June. Uh, so I'm going to be very busy on the podcast front. And uh, check out thepopbreak.com every single day. We're at pop at the pop break on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com, most we'll on Facebook, and at the pop break on Instagram. For Al Manorino, I'm Bill Bodkin. Thank you for checking us out. We will see you real soon. <laughs>